Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 10 Years in South Korea. Stories of my adventures and misadventures. Uh, today's episode is going to really focus on some things happening in the classroom. Um, it'll kind of explain kind of uh, my motivation to motivate kids and explain some of my good decisions, some of my not so good decisions in field trips and a graduation speech of all speeches. Uh, so we'll start with motivating students, right? So um, Korean students do not take a lot to motivate. They're very uh, diligent. They work really hard. They like to have fun. They're almost like the perfect student, right? Um, one of the issues with them is they, they do go to school a lot and they're there a long time. Some kids are quite tired. So there is kind of a, a burnout kind of situation with kids at school because they go to a lot of learning. Um, so basically, a Korean school day is starts quite early. It's a Monday to Friday thing with half day on Saturdays. But, and then Sunday is the family day. So Monday to Friday are full days. And Saturdays are kind of full days too, but they're just not with the public school system. So in the Korean public school system, kids would go to school kind of regularly. Like they go in the morning kind of like 8, 8 o'clock, 8.30, like kids in North America or Canada. And go to about 3 o'clock. That's their regular school day. And then they're only half done at three. That's when the hogwan experiences begin, right? Uh, the younger kids probably have their English hogwans right after school. Uh, as they get older, it's a later point in the day that they go to the English hogwan. And hogwan is, is Creamwood for an institute, right? Uh, but they also would have things like uh, piano hogwan. Uh, they have things like violin hogwan. There's sports hogwans. Math, a lot of math hogwans. And there are a lot studying for tests, right? Because there's a lot of testing being done. So the older kids would start coming around 8, even 9 o'clock at night. I remember doing a lesson that went right to 11 p.m. So these are long days. These are long days. They're arduous days. Um, I remember once talking to my mom and my brother, and they'd ask, oh, those poor kids, how they go to school so long? Um, it, it sounds like a hardship, but it isn't if you're doing something you like. And a lot of the kids, and I even go, I even go as far as say as most of the kids enjoy being in school. They've embraced school. They like school. They like the the learning process. They like the camaraderie of classes. They like being together. Um, I think we could do more, use more of that in the North American school system. I know I promote as much as I can through my career of how great school is. If you really looked at school. School's a fantastic, fun place. We really got to promote that more and more and more. For some of our students in Canada, they don't embrace school for being the opportunities that schools offer, not just through education, but, I mean, through social uh, building and, th and through just having fun and things like that, right? Um, a school day can be quite fun, and if you embrace it and you like it, it's great. So a Korean kids have proven that you can go to school all day long, and have fun because you're enjoying yourself and enjoying the learning. Not everybody, but a lot, right? So sometimes you have to motivate the kids. Sometimes you have to kind of keep them kind of focused, right? So that's where kind of some prizes come and what we call in the business positive reinforcement. Now, positive reinforcement is something that we've kind of kind of tried to get away from the last 10, 15 years in the field of education. It's not like, you know, being positive, we're not getting away from and reinforcing learning. We're trying to get away from making learning about prizes and making learning about the sticker. Learning should be for learning's sake, 
right? So I'll say that right now. Learning is for learning's sake. But in 1997, 98, Korea, uh, learning sometimes needed a little bit of jazz, a little bit of pizzazz. You need a little bit of prize there, right? Especially for kids who had been in school all day long. They're on hour nine or 10. It's nice to give a little treat, right? So I had no problem giving treats to kids to help them motivate their learning or just to say, hey, guys, you know, let's have some fun. The prime type of treats to give kids is something from home. So if you had little prizes from home, like stickers from home or candy from home, anything that was from another place, wow, kids loved it. You could really use it to help teach and help motivate the kids. They would really be, you know, excited to get like, you know, a, a maple candy from Canada or something like that, or a maple leaf sticker or a little hockey sticker or something like that. So those days were great. But the problem was you're teaching a lot. You have a lot of kids. Your, your prizes go really, 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 really fast, right? And if you come, after you come back from like home vacation or something, you have a ton of prizes. If you have someone at home can mail them to you, but that's slow and expensive. So you got to be very judicious about giving out prizes. You also don't want to be pumping the candy at the kids all the time, right? I mean, you want to try to be nutritious, try to, to be right. So there was a balancing act there. And you definitely run out really fast, right? So on one particular day, um, I have a group of kids who are kind of tired, kind of not into it kind of thing, right? So I had to figure out something. I needed to motivate them. I, they needed a prize of some kind. So they needed, you know, something, something, just a little push, a little push. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you finish this part of the lesson, everyone gets one of these. If you finish this, whoever's first gets two, right? So you had to build a little bit of excitement, right? Had a little drawer in my desk, right? Uh, it's where I kept my stickers, where I kept my candy and that kind of stuff. Um, so I go to my drawer and we now have a problem here. So to understand the problem, I'm going to go back and talk to you about the lunch I just had. Just before the lesson, I had lunch. I'm at Popeye's. I love Popeye's. Popeye's was across the street from my school. I ate the same lunch every day that I worked for a good year. Uh, I think this is probably why my gallbladder exploded years later. It was two pieces of fried chicken, a chicken burger, a large fries, a big corn, and a giant pop. It, it was it was a big meal. Now, I'm a big fella, but I might have been one of the few people that went to Korea and gained substantial amount of weight. Like, I could write a book, Unhealthy Food in Korea. How to eat unhealthy. Like, you know, I found every fast food joint you could find. I found every bad food you could find, I found in Korea. Korea is one of the healthiest eating cultures around. Now, it's getting, you know, more and more Western foods getting into their diets. But I really had to kind of really work at finding unhealthy food in 98, and I pulled it off. So I'm at Wendy's, and I am eating my insanely unhealthy lunch. And then I realized that they gave packets of ketchup. And on the back of the pack of ketchup, it said Heinz ketchup. Red gold. I know I said this in the other episode. Red gold. That is Heinz ketchup in Korea. And these packets were Heinz ketchup. Korean ketchup. Okay, folks. I'm, I just got to say it didn't meet my standards. It didn't taste like the ketchup I'm used to. I know I said in a previous episode, even Mars bars were different in Korea than they are in Canada. The ketchup, it was a cream brand of ketchup. 
uh, it was just off. The taste was off a little bit. It just didn't have that that zest to ketchup that I'm used to having. So these packets of ketchup were very valuable to me. So I was always taking a bunch in my pocket all the time from lunch, right? You know, bordering on kind of like, you know, being like a, a bag lady kind of thing. I will have to say this. There's two things about me. One is I do like my ketchup. But second thing is I'm really cheap. So the fact that I could get free ketchup, I was hoarding. I was full-fledged hoarding ketchup, right? Because a bottle of Heinz ketchup is like 12 bucks. So if I could get like, you know, enough packets, I'm golden. I'm saving money. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking anything to save a penny here, penny there, I'm going for. So I got all these packets of ketchup. Now, the reason I'm sharing this with you is I kept a lot of these ketchup in my desk. So I put the ketchup packets in my desk because it's where my stickers were. It's where my candy is. It's where my treats are for the kids. Close the desk. It's been a long while since I've been to Canada. I've been in Korea a while. I haven't been to a store. Again, I'm quite cheap. Um, so now the kids are low. Their energy's not there. So I'm back to the classroom piece. And I got to motivate them. So I open the drawer. There are no stickers. I open the drawer. There's no candy. I look in the drawer. There's nothing but a lot of ketchup packs. Some mustard packs. Some vinegar packs and salt packs. I did not give them salt packs, but I did give them the other stuff. I took out all the Heinz ketchup packs. This is just the pack of ketchup you have at a fast food restaurant. And I used them as treats for the kids to motivate their learning. I'm not a word of a lie. The enthusiasm was through the roof. Because the kids loved learning so much that I actually said, okay, kids, we finished this lesson. Everyone gets a Heinz ketchup pack. And if you finish first, you get two. And I thought they were all going to turn on me and say, oh, my goodness, you are the lamest, cheapest teacher in the world. Are you really offering us a ketchup package from a fast food restaurant as an incentive to learn? But instead, they bought in. And there was incredible competition to get these ketchup packets. They won. So I was going to go. I had the mustard packet. And I said, well, if you really do well, you get mustard. I spent a good all day long, I used my ketchup packs just as prizes, just as motivation, just as positive reinforcement for the kids. And that was the probably lamest, cheapest uh, child incentive program ever in the history of education was Korean kids working hard to learn, but also hopefully getting a pack of ketchup. I always wish I was like a fly on the wall when these kids got home and how was your day? I got three ketchup packs and a mustard package because they were so happy and so enthusiastic. I did it that one day. I didn't do it again. I did go buy some candy. I did go buy some stickers. Um, if you ever been to Korea or you ever go to Korea, their sticker shops, like little stickers, like Hello Kitty stickers and all that stuff, there's thousands of them. Easiest thing in the world in Korea is to get stickers. So this is how ridiculous it is that I actually were using ketchup packets. Because there's stickers everywhere, right? So it was pure panic. Only one day I went the ketchup route. So to this day, some kids, maybe they see a pack of ketchup and they get really, really excited in Korea. That's, that's kudos to me. The other lesson that I think back to that I, or, or the day that I think back to was my first field trip. So they gave us a lot of responsibility for people who they didn't really know knew what they were doing. Uh, so you had like 
the fate of 12 kids in your hands. And if you felt like you wanted to go on a field trip, they let you take them. So I could just take these 12 children and go wherever I wanted. Now, we had a couple young girls, 18, 19-year-old girls who, like, part of their high school or early university program, like, interned. Again, a lot of stuff is happening that you don't know. Well, I didn't know because I didn't speak Korean. I didn't really get involved. I just saw people moving around. There were, like, a good percentage of people at the school. I had no idea their job. I had no idea if they even worked there. They just smiled and said, hello, hello. It was all I got, hello and okay, right? But I knew these two young girls were there helping kids off the bus and helping kids to the classroom. Now, they weren't teachers. They were too young for that because uh, there were a set of Korean teachers that work with you. Uh, they were like young. They were high school young or, like I said, first year university. So it was like must have been an internship. They were sweet. They are very nice. Did not speak a word of English, right? And we all know my Korean's not great. And it was really not great then. So I decided I'm going to take the 12 kids on a field trip. I do kind of bounce it off my manager. Don't know if they were listening to me. Don't know if they understood. Now, manager would be a Korean teacher who most times would be who was there the longest and who had the most confidence in their English, right? And almost all the managers I worked with are really, really nice. So this was a nice manager too. When I said, could I take the kids? Had way too much faith in me and said, sure, you could always take the kids to the park. Lake Park was the name of the park. It's not far from where we work. So they said, great. So I had to plan it in my head a little bit, but I thought the next day I'm going to take the kids. I think I have permission. Here's my problem. Well, there's several problems. Here's one of the problems. We're in a uh, on the fifth floor of like a 10-story building. That's where the school's on the fifth floor. It's a condensed area. And we are on a busy street is flying past the school, like four lanes. And then once you got across it, you could get to the park, which is Lake Park. So I, I was thinking safety, 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 because it's just me, a young girl is going to help me. She doesn't speak a word of English. So it'll be hard to kind of communicate with her back and forth, but she's there to help. And I got the 12 kids. Now, the little ones, these are kindergarten kids. These are three and four-year-old kids, right? Maybe five, but uh, I think by five, they're in the public school system. So these are kids who, we are their primary school. We are daycare. We're basically a daycare in the morning, right? An English-speaking daycare, right? So I got 12 really long, young little kids. Somehow I get it in my head. I remember seeing on TV something where kids had kind of like a rope or a cord or something where they were holding and a teacher was leading them. And I thought, okay, I can recreate that. So I'm kind of gesturing to this young girl that I need a long string or a long rope or long something. So we find this long ribbon, kind of the ribbon that you wrap around a Christmas tree. Now, it wasn't Christmas tree ribbon, but it'd be very similar to that, so you can kind of visualize that. So it'd be that kind of thickness, that kind of, but it was long. Like it was like meters and meters and meters long. So that's what I decided to use. So I took the first child and I tied the ribbon around his waist, tied it, extended it more. He held it, made some slack, tied it around the other child. And I tied the 12 kids together with this rope with about a meter in between each child. It looked like it was going to work. So I had this giant, basically 12 meter, 12 kids snake. And we were on. We were going to do. 
Now, this poor young girl, I know she looked at me with a little trepidation, but I wasn't sure if it was just like, you know, ooh, I hope he doesn't speak too much English to me because I can't speak back. Or probably, which was she was really thinking, why is he tying all these children together? And what was his motive here? And did he think this was going to work? So we get on the elevator, a good-sized elevator, and the 12 kids are kind of like, you know, listening. So it's 12 kids, myself, this young girl, and the kids tied together. We have not caused too much of a problem yet. We come out the door, and I'm being very studious with this. I am guiding them out the door. It's, I think it's about to work. And then all of a sudden, just I'm like just about to get to the street. And this is a busy intersection in Korea. It is hard to get across the street. One person. I am now trying to drag 12 four-year-old kids with uh, ribbon, tying them together, and not really realize that they're now intertwining each other. And as we get to the middle of the street, I look back. I no longer have my perfect 12-meter snake. I have interchangeable spaghetti mixing with each other. The kids are all tangled up. But we're in the middle of the street right now, and cars are coming. And my 12-meter snake is now one giant mess of kids kicking and screaming and tying together and I'm like oh my god and cars are coming at us so i with my arms and i'm very tall thank goodness and long arms grab as many of them as i can pick them up and they're kind of small and light so I'm, i i think i had at least six of them in my arm because i got a busy street cars are coming they're tangled up three or four on the end are being dragged and i'm just trying to carry them across the street with kids yelling and screaming. And this poor young girl's just looking like mortified that I had the kids all in a tangled mess of, of ribbon in the middle of the street. Traffic stops. We're dragging the kids. I swear the two kids on the end must have got like, you know, burns from the uh, cement from the pavement because I'm just dragging them because I need the 12 of them out of the street. And then I just kind of fling them all into a pile into the grass. And now they're all lying there. And it looks like a scene from like a, a plane crash because all the kids are lying there. The rope tangled around them. Two of them are dragged across the road. And I'm looking. I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done? And every single one of them were laughing as if it was the most fun thing they've ever experienced in their life. Because for some reason, I created the weirdest ride. I became some kind of Disneyland ride where they were all dragged across the street, tied together in a row, and then flung, 12 kids flung as far as I could throw them all into the bushes uh, next to the park. They thought it was hilarious. They thought it was the funniest thing they ever experienced in their lives. And it just tells you mindset, right? Kids love school. Kids love experiences. And to them, they were open to being tied together, dragged across the street, and then catapulted into the bushes to, to their so-called safety. Uh, so I turned to the young girl and I said, do you have scissors? And for some reason, she had scissors on her. She pulled out the scissors and we started cutting free these kids. They're still a tangled mess. There's like some kids that got the ribbon wrapped around them three times. Uh, they have ribbon around their ankles, around their 
a wrist around like each two of them are like fused together it like literally took us like a half hour to cut them all free from one another and they just popped right up again laughing and giggling and one kid said and i swear this is what said teacher one more time no more times never going to tie you all together never going to try to get you across the street never going to do this again going to trust that you're just going to go in single file said line up line up everybody line up which is what i should have done in the first place they all line up we go to the park we have a great field trip we come back i i dodged i dodged a bullet there to call in the office end of the day my manager who was really nice and she said uh Trevor teacher, because that's how they referred to us. He said, can you uh, do do us a favor? I said, yeah, sure. Um, and this is the nicest place, but can you not tie the kids together and drag them across the street? Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. Just like that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I think I'll stop doing that. So that was one of my poorest field trip decisions. Um, the last one I want to talk about is graduation. And graduations in Korea are very, very important things, right? And I was at a school for a while, so I am going to jump ahead a bit. And so I was the academic coordinator, uh, head teacher at a school, right? So we had a graduation, and I got up in the middle of the graduation. I had to give a speech, which was, you know, I, I think I give a good speech. And I always have some kind of tailor-made speeches ready to go. One of the skills I have is you could put me up and I can give you a speech, right? So I had to give a speech. So I got up. And I'm giving this speech. I'm giving it in English. And I don't know how many people in the audience understands the speech. I hope some of my students understand my, my speech, uh, my graduation uh, speech. And uh, so I'm about to give it. And so I give this amazing kind of story about life's lessons and about moving forward and the obstacles and the benchmarks in life and how, you know, don't forget what you've done. You know, but there's a lot ahead of you and there's a lot more learning ahead of you. And, and please remember us and keep us close in your heart. It was really good. I think I spoke well. I spoke eloquently. I think I hit all those notes. Here's the one issue. It was the kindergarten graduation. I'm giving this amazing college uh, graduation speech to four-year-olds. And in my and then it gets translated later. And I'm speaking to these four-year-olds going, you've done a lot of learning already. And there's a lot of life behind you, but there's a lot more ahead of you. A lot more ahead. They're four. There's so much more ahead of them. And I said, but go forward and you will make more friends and new friends. Again, <laughs> they were just little, little, little kids. And it, it's just surreal kind of, again, this importance of school. Uh so being in an auditorium with about a hundred four-year-olds in cap and gown and graduation musical and giving out diplomas and me giving this insanely insanely inspirational speech for adults and then having to translate it, it was like, okay, this is beyond surreal. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, say we're gonna miss you. Well, I'm gonna see them like, you know, uh next week in grade one. But the graduations were big. Uh, school was big. School was really, really important in Korea. So it was really interesting to give these graduation speeches uh, to uh, grade four, uh, four-year-old students. I think grade four would have made more sense. But, yeah, it was kind of good. So basically, I just wanted to hit on those kind of points. Uh, talk about, you know, don't tie those kids up. Don't drag them across the street. 
Uh, almost anything can be a prize. Almost anything can be an incentive for kids. And, uh, you know, it's about perspective, right? Uh, graduation to a four-year-old is important. And you can give an inspirational speech and uh, they, they get the message. Um, so that is my episode about the teaching piece and doing that. Uh, you'll see another one, another episode coming up in a couple of days. And we'll look at probably one of the best stories ever. So I'm going to really do a big buildup. If there's an episode you want to listen to, next one is going to be the top. It is, it is the story that made me want to do all these. This is the story of all stories. So if I haven't built it up enough, I'm going to build up a little more. The best story of all is about to come in the next episode. So please listen. Thank you once again to listening to my podcast. Have a great day. See you later.